Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike here as well. And Mike, what do award seized and Cookie Monster have in common? <laughs> what? Nom, 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 nom. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good one. That's like Thank if you. my niece were an awards season fan, <laughs> I would steal that joke from you and tell her. That's that's a great joke. Thought of that in the shower this morning. I've never been prouder of myself, I don't think, as an individual. But that is more of what we're talking about. That's why you're getting so many Oscar race checkpoints in a row here in December and January. That's how it comes because the noms are a nonstop train and we have more to talk about this episode, Michael. Yeah, the critics' choice dropped their nominations they they did the tv side a couple of days ago we're not even going to touch that we have so much to do today uh but i i don't know if we'll get through all the categories we'll start with like the globe categories we'll move into the undercard if we have time otherwise we'll hit those next week in terms of uh you know the the, the crafts and whatnot because we got shortlists hitting on the 21st, the Oscars shortlist. So we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about these categories again if we miss them today. So there we go. We'll dive right in. No time to waste. The Critics' Choice Awards for movies. Let's start with the biggest of them all and best picture. And here's the rundown of your 10. We have Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, Maestro, American Fiction, The Color Purple, Past Lives, and Saltburn. Uh, you want to run down some of the overall tallies of how those big best picture nominees did, Mike? Yeah, Barbie set a record today with 18 Critics' Choice nominations. And it does help, Good. like, a uh, couple songs. They got three i only think mm-hmm. two can be nominated at the oscars but they got uh, comedy and you know a couple other categories no cinematic or box office achievement category at the critics choice yet what maybe, a shame. maybe they should add that uh yeah to the cw but we had oppenheimer and poor things with 13 nominees apiece uh killers of the flower moon with 12 holdovers and maestro with eight apiece and then we had uh, American Fiction, Color Purple with five apiece, Past Lives, and Saltburn with three apiece. In terms of the misses, we did not have any international features in yeah. this field, in this Critics' Choice field, whereas we had three on the drama side. Well, we had two on the drama side of the Golden Globes. We had, we had three non-English films. We had Past Lives here at the Choice, but we did have... We did have Anatomy of a Fall in the Zone of Interest get Globe nominations. We also had May, December, and Air get Globe nominations, but 12 going down to 10, that was, that was where the cutoff was. Look, we have had Critics' Choice 10s before, and 11s for that matter, with Aroma that wound up winning in 2018, with A Parasite in 2019, and even last year, RRR was nominated in the 10 couple oddities, and one of them is, like you said, the international features being a no-show here. There's also weird awards that get nominated down the card that don't... Like Air, for example, is nominated in like screenplay, mm-hmm. best cast ensemble, and best editing. So it was one of the six best screen original screenplays, uh, one of the six best original... Ca- one of the six best cast ensembles, one of the six best edited movies of the year, according to critics, but it doesn't crack the best picture field. Yeah, Anatomy of a Fall got three on the day, I believe, we, we counted them fast. You and I tallied these up right before yeah. we hit record today very quickly. So we might be one or two off here or there. Uh, but May, December got four to my count. 
overall, and yet it didn't show up here, whereas Saltburn only had three. And picture production design cinematography, that's an odd set at the Critics' Choice Awards, I would think. No other composition awards. Barry Keoghan got a, a Best Actor Drama at the Globes, but and yet... Saltburn gets picture here and did not get picture at the Globes. I mean, Rosamund Pike got the Golden Globe nomination. Yep. She does not show up here at Critics' Choice. So a very odd way for Saltburn to get a Best Picture nom at the Choice Awards. But Saltburn being in Best Picture at all is kind of a rarity. It is. It's it, it's a very odd choice. But, I mean, I, look, I, I, I'm weird about that movie because there are two skeevy things in it. In terms of <laughs> scenes, like that bathtub scene is just reprehensible. It's just awful. And then the 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 grave scene is it's, oh my god! It's just yeah, everybody. But everybody loves that movie on film Twitter. They really do. And we've been getting DM'd by by friends of ours loving that movie. Yeah, and yeah. I've been getting texted about people who love that movie. So that movie has a you know strong following. Uh, another area that I was. You know, if any year we could have gotten animated features, we should have gotten an animated feature in the Critics' Choice 10 this year. I don't know if they've changed the rules since 2010, but Toy Story 3 was nominated for a Choice Best Picture in 2010. That's not here today. I mean, you had Spider-Verse, you had Boy in the Heron staring mm-hmm. right at you. Was that a vote split, perhaps? Like I said, I mean, that's very possible, but to have no Anatomy of a Fall, no Zone of Interest, no Spider-Verse, no Boy in the... Salt Burns the one that makes it through. And the color purple, we got to say, like, the color purple has had some tough momentum getting in Best Picture conversations, and yet it's here. So it I think here. I would think those are the last two, maybe? I, I guess you could say Past Lives, too, since it only has three noms, but... So the, does this Critics' Choice 10 open up the Best Picture field for you? Because I'm looking at a strong six with... Or song shrunk seven, that is, I'm guessing, based on Globes and this, even though past lives I would want to make eight. But I'm saying uh, Barbie Oppenheimer, one, two, Poor Things, Flower Moon, three, four, Holdovers, Maestro, five, six, American Fiction, seven. Yeah, that's kind of how I view it, too. I feel like those are the safest seven and tiered off with Barbie and Oppenheimer are definitely in poor th- Barbie Oppenheimer and Flower Moon I would say are definitely in poor things is probably in that same category and then it's the holdovers is likely in Maestro is likely in and fiction is probably with those two as well would you think past lives is certain or no uh, yeah I mean look the critics choice there's there's no crossover to the academy I want to say or there was like one person something like that but there's not a lot of crossover between the critics choice uh the people who vote for the Critics' Choice and the uh, the Academy. So right. everything we've seen prior to this suggests that Past Lives is more secure in a Best Picture conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, this definitely gives me pause. I, and look, the nominations from the Critics' Choice cross over at a high clip. I mean, I did the last 13 years out. 112 of the past 127 Best Picture Oscar noms were first nominated for Best Picture at the Critics' Choice Awards. That's 88%. That's a high crossover. In terms of the winners, it's not as high. It's 16 out of the last 27 for 59%, but it is 7 out of the last 12 at the Critics' Choice winner crossover. But, yeah, I, I this is not an international... This is not an international 10 like we saw at the Golden Globes. And this is not an animated, uh, you know, cheer Friendly. section either. yeah. And past lives could write us like just the basic three on Oscar's side. It could just be screenplay, director, picture. Could. Could. I don't know that I expect it, but I mean, that could just be the. 
how it gets in the best picture there. And yet I think it got screenplay Greta Lee picture today. I will have to look down the card. Mm. I thought that's what it got. And Greta Lee now shows up in two. So Greta Lee has And we've seen, momentum. I mean, Women Talking last year only had two noms, right? It had Best Picture and, and something else. I mean, we've seen very low-nominated movie get into the Best Picture 10 at the Oscars. Yeah, Greta Lee for actress. So I think, uh, look, I think the Women Talking path is alive this year because I think we got a wide-open race based on how Saltburn got in today. Uh, I, I think we got a wide-open race for, like, maybe 8, 9, 10, or 9, 10 in the Best Picture yeah. category. I think that's yeah. a bunch of films. We saw it last year where it was a small margin of victory, perhaps, you know, based on based on how we analyze the Oscar noms, where it looked like maybe 20, 21 films were competing for one or two spots, meaning you may get a women talking with only two noms in. You know, I mean, it, 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 that's what happens when it's a, a wide-open race like that, I think. Yeah, it could be. I'm, I'm, I'm very stunned by Anatomy of a Fall is missing. And I'm shaky about past lives now, but uh, it could be could be a case of putting too much stock in what the critics did, too. I mean, Anatomy of a Fall did get, you know, international feature here at the Choice Awards. We'll get into that later, but it did, did do okay on the day. Mm. Sandra Huller, international feature, and I think the, the youngster, the, 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 the plays the son, got in Best Young Actor, but I don't know. Yeah, Trier doesn't break in through the director category. Here's your director nominees. Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan of Oppenheimer, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. So essentially the Critics' Choice nominated Alexander Payne of The Holdovers over Celine's Song of Past Lives. Otherwise you got your Golden Globes, uh, five out of six there. In terms of choice stats, nine of the last 13 Oscar director winners uh, won at the Critics' Choice. I don't think that's a huge stat because we've, we've seen a lot of sweeps over the years. But in terms of the nominees, 49 of the last 65, again, I did the last 13 years. Because I had 12 years already done for me, Michael, because I've done that in the past. <laughs> and I've somehow kept that doc handy. But it's 75% over the last 13 years. So... Take that for what it's worth, but big misses for Celine Song. Jonathan Glazer, obviously the zone of interest, had a rough day. Cord Jefferson missing here from American Fiction. Todd Haynes, and then uh, you know I'm I'm upset. Justine Trier is not getting more love in the director's chair uh, during award season. But Blitz Bazawule as well for the color purple, not here at Choice. Glazer missing out surprises me when you have an expanded category like the Critics Choice does with six noms instead of five. I thought he would be beloved by more critics mm-hmm. and uh i'm not seeing well i mean we are seeing it with some scoreboard i mean he's won boston and la film Critics right. association so right it's it's odd it's odd that but we, we we always have seen the critics choice awards not go the way of the critics scoreboard like we always try to pick when we were younger when we were young and starry eyed <laughs> we would always go with these critics associations and in our critics choice predictions remember remember when we did critics choice predictions a couple of years we had did some we? slow news days we did we, we had <laughs> i i looked at it i was like <laughs> we did do some critics choice predictions back in the day that seems unwise for us to do <laughs> <laughs> we did not go that way this year, but uh, we would probably have been okay this year guessing um, guessing some of these directors. But, but that being said, I would have figured more of an international day. Anyway, we did not how get How big that. is the director category for the Oscars? Eight? It's five. Like, how big is the pool? No, how big is oh, the, the pool, pool to pick from? Like, eight? I, I really do not believe the director 
branch is is fixed yet. I mean, look at you got some big names. You got Nolan. I think Barb. No, we said, and we said last episode and talking about the Golden Globes. Now we th- there's three that are there. We think. Well, now we have an ob- like Payne is in the mix now. Sure, Song is obviously in the mix. So that's yep. And Glazer, I would say. I would still say Glazer's in the mix. You, the, you don't the think Corey Jefferson? Then, because, but it's I because really it's not for first time. And I mean, this is such a competitive category this year. I don't. That doesn't strike me as the Jordan Peele type. Or the uh, the Emerald Fennell type breakthrough where we're going to nominate them and then give them screenplay anyway. It just feels like this is a harder category to break through in this year Haynes, for that first-time director. Haynes has been there? I can't remember if Haynes has uh, been nominated for Best Director. I want to say he has, but I, I can't remember. I'm going to look that up as we speak right now. But I would They're think... going to give the hot dog guy the I would <laughs> Best th- Director spot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've talked about... We've talked about this... Branch being fickle in the past, and my IMDb wants to take forever here, but nominee Trier, best original screenplay. maybe. No. I mean, I feel like she's lost some momentum in this category, though I can see maybe it's nine deep. Haynes I has would never say... been nominated. Maybe, but, but yeah, if you're stretching to Haynes and Trier, maybe it's maybe it's nine deep. Yeah, I would say these, these six, and then Song, Glazer, even though Song probably has the same, is going to have the same problems, I think, that uh, Cord Jefferson would. Getting nominated here, but song seems like a bigger threat. Or past life seems like a bigger threat in screenplay to win mm-hmm. than American Fiction does. No, or am I crazy? <sighs> right now, as we talk, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, Thank I, you. That's for your a, feedback. It's there. a general. <laughs> it's a. That's a, a good question, and I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> nobody sits on a fence like also Mike. <laughs> not even. I'm not even climbing the fence. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not. I'm. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the fence from the uh, from the you know the meadow across. It's a hell the of way. a fence. Beautiful fence. I, I would go, like to sit there, but uh, let's go to adapted screenplay here. Your nominees and nominees: Kelly Freeman, Craig. Yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, Andrew Haig for All of Us Strangers. Cord Jefferson does show up for American Fiction here. Tony McNamara for Poor Things. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. I wish they did this more often with Kelly Freeman, Craig getting in like that and go off the beaten path from their best picture 10. Yeah, that was cool. So that's cool. Even though I would have been happier if Rachel McAdams got in down the card, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look at, I think, uh, you know, there are no globe misses here. The zone of interest could have figured in spider verse one screenplay category at the globes, two screenplay categories here at critics choice just for right. Reference. Right. So you had only three, you had three and three in terms of the, you know, mix at the Globes, where you had uh, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon get in. Uh, otherwise, American Fiction, All of Us Strangers, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, were the added three. I still think Spider-Verse should be in. Uh, I haven't seen The Color Purple yet. The Zone of Interest, I, I just bought the book, so I'll have to read that. But yeah, I mean, it's an odd, it's an odd year uh, for adapted screenplay when Dune left and uh, hey, I'm glad All of Us Strangers is actually, like, the, Bifa, LA Critics, shows up here at Critics' Choice. All of Us Strangers, in terms of the screenplay, is getting a lot of love. But It's, it's knocking it is, on the door, too. It's number six on Feinberg's forecast in this category. It's it's an interesting year for, for adapted screenplay. You got some openings there. Like, American Fiction could stay in it. Cord Jefferson gets nominated here, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, you got some openings. Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Ranks in at Feinberg's ten spot right now, so it jumped up. It probably had the furthest jump right now of these nominees. Hmm. 
But otherwise, yeah, I, you're right. It does seem like an odd year for, for adapted screenplay, which, why did Barbie leave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, Barbie, uh, Bar- I don't know. I, Barbie thought it was super competitive. Maybe yeah. they thought American fiction was going to, and the zone of interest were going to box it out. But the zone of interest is waning? Is it waning? Is it, Or is it laying in wait? As an Oscars I contender. I really don't it's a, know. It's so weird. It's such a movie that overwhelms you, though, with sadness. So that's maybe that's hard to shower with if you're going to be sad, do you want to be sad with World War II sadness, or do you want to be sad with American Ingenuity sadness with Oppenheimer? Right. <laughs> well, which is also World War II sadness, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, interesting. I don't know. You should categorize uh, we'll talk, c- categories for the Golden Globes, maybe. <laughs> Contrast adapted with what the critics did for Best Original Screenplay. Sammy Birch for May. December is here. Alex Convery for Air. Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer of Maestro. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach for Barbie Show Up. Uh, David Hemmingson of The Holdovers and Celine Song for Past Lives. So the miss here from the Golden Globes 6 was Anatomy of a Fall. And again, that 6 is perhaps even more important because it's one category in terms of best screenplay at the Golden Globes. So th- that that's a notable miss here. And it's also a shocking miss for me because that screenplay is winning with a lot of critics. It's winning the Gotham. It's winning the EFA. It's It won some other branch. So I mean, some other screenplay award. Yes, the holdovers won NBR in Boston. NYFCC went to May-December's way. Past Lives is picking up or picked up a win somewhere. I just wrote down one on the scoreboard. I didn't write it down, but yeah, look, I think Anatomy of a Fall. That's a, this is a this is a miss that's puzzling to me, and I'm bummed out. But then again, if you write off write it off that Critics Choice did not go international this year. I mean, Teachers Lounge was up on Feinberg's ten, number seven. Saltburn Origin are also in the were in the mix and don't show up here. But uh, I would say Teachers Lounge and Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah, for as no a good a day, I mean, I thought Anatomy of a Fall might have been the big winner when Golden Globes noms were released, and I feel just the opposite now. It might have been one of the biggest like question marks here in Critics' Choice because it just a couple of categories you're used to seeing it in, it's just not here. It's it's really weird. Like Air is in here, and Air Air got in comedy or musical at the at the Globes, but Air doesn't get in up the card. Right, right. I. I'm looking at this, and this feels like it's going to be Barbie versus Past Lives. Interesting, uh, Barbie and Past Lives, but the holdovers—the way they, the way they showered the holdovers and Maestro—I I wouldn't be so sure, Mike, because the holdovers got eight noms and Maestro got eight noms. This might be more of holdovers Barbie Maestro. Based on, I would love to. What, what, I, what did you think, listener? Between what has the better chance of winning a screenplay category between Past Lives and American Fiction? You, you, I'd like to you're know what fixated on. You're yeah. fixated on that back from the the prop bet you made weeks what ago. What was the prop bet? Oh yeah, I forgot. I oh no, was that, that between Anatomy of a Fall, and Past Lives, and American Fiction? I can't remember now. I think it was Anatomy of a Fall and Past Lives. I think that sounds right, but I can't. I'd have to go back and look. I'm glad we put out content that sticks in the brain. <laughs> Of those who make it. No, but I'm, I'm bummed. I'm very bummed that Anatomy of a Fall didn't get in here. That's my favorite screenplay of the year. I'm, I'm, yeah, very bummed. Big snub for me. 
I am looking forward to seeing that still. Um, yeah, well, now I've 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 talked it up, and I also uh, don't like your favorite movie of the year, Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> it's it's a very I don't think look, no if you I will you will dislike that movie out of spite. That's what I'm yeah, calling right now. You will possible. dislike Anatomy of a Fall out of spite. <laughs> you will nitpick on various courtroom things of the French. That yeah. it's got it's doomed. It's doomed. You'll hate it. You'll hate it. <laughs> I will say, if I had to sit in a theater and watch Killers of the Flower Moon, I probably would have disliked it a lot. You love Killers of the Flower Moon. But I got to watch it over three separate nights. Four separate nights. You paid $40. You still loved it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's Scorsese. Knows a thing or two about movie making, I think. A story should take you from, like, A to Z. It took you from A... You, you'd learn... You. I'm not going to get into it again. <laughs> well, let's talk about Best Actress and Killers of the Flower Moon's lead there. Lily Gladstone is here uh, in this category. So is Sandra Hulaire of Anatomy of the Falls. It finally shows up. Greta Lee for Past Lives. Carrie Mulligan of Maestro. Margot Robbie of Barbie. And Emma Stone of Poor Things is I think the it's category. Huller. It's, it's Huller. Huller? Because that's Huller. a German German pronunciation. She's Huller. Huller? Huller. Huller would be the French pronunciation? I don't know. Mm. We're ignorant. Dumb Americans. Rubes. But, all right, so this was perhaps the most fascinating category on the day for me because we were talking about the bloodbath in lead actress. Look, the stats in terms of the 13-year crossover. I 50. told you, Mickey Rourke is not... <laughs> I, I tried. <laughs> I don't agree with it. Well, the critics agree with you, my friend. Because, Good. And, and they got a decent crossover. 58 of the last 65 in the last 13 years went on to Oscar nominees Obviously, they've had more noms at the Critics' Choice than at the Oscars, but 89% in terms of a crossover. Yeah, the big miss is Annette Benning, Kaylee Spaney, Fantasia Barino, Jennifer Lawrence, Natalie Poitman, uh, Portman, Poitman. and uh, Alma Poisty. <laughs> uh, I, I almost turned into a 1930s New Yorker to, to, to Natalie Poitman, see? Now, Natalie Poitman and Alma Poisty. All right, uh... Anjana Ellis Taylor still no momentum from Origin. Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know uh, we have Eve Hewson, Leone Banesh of the Teachers Lounge, Eve Hewson of Florida and Son, Tracy Lissette, Thomas and McKenzie, and Tiana Taylor. My other snubs here, Michael, but eleven boiled down to six in lead actress for, at the Critics' Choice. I think I'm most surprised by uh, where. The color purple didn't break through, and yet it still broke through in picture. Because I would expect, if you're going to say it's nominated in picture, you would think Fantasia is going to show up and lead actress. Right. No. Well, Danielle Brooks did get in. Yeah, she did. So we'll have to we'll have to see what the Oscars are going to do. But th- this is such a brutal category. You got great names. You got overdue names like Carrie mm-hmm. Mulligan, Margot Robbie. You, you got previous winners. Yeah, like Annette Benning for that. For oh, that, yeah, um, maybe uh, Annette yeah. Benning might be uh, somewhat overdue. Even though she's not here, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps she's not even here. And then, yeah, you got uh, Wunderkins, like Greta Lee. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Sandra Huller just, just – if anybody takes her year on its – and plus it's the best performance of the year, no offense to anybody else. Lily Gladstone and Greta Lee, you know, crashing the party uh, of lead actress this year with just tremendous performances. You know, again, my proclamations right now – are completely dooming your watch experience for Anatomy of a Fall. I have totally overhyped it, and I didn't mean to. I've been laying in wait in terms of my hype train of Anatomy of a Fall, and still I've overhyped it. I'm not even going to watch it at this point. You're not even going to watch it because you're afraid. Yeah, well, that means you're a good friend. You're you're a good friend because you don't want to disappoint me in hating it, but you're going to hate it. No, in my mind, I was not going to watch it and just tell you I hated it. (laughs) Just so... 
Just cut out the middleman. (laughs) Well, but you're going to hate it based on Nick picking the courtroom scenes, I think. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I mean, when you're as blatant as, like, Trial of the Chicago 7, yeah, I have issues with you. But, like, usually I'm not that bad. But this is French court. So yeah, well, I have no experience. <laughs> I have no no frame of reference for that. So I may just take it in stride. It could be all cigarettes and coffee, yeah. and you don't <laughs> fucking know anything about French court. Uh, not a thing. <laughs> do they wear wigs there? Is that one of the countries where they wear wigs? I know they it's do. One in of Britain, the countries so. where they wear wigs. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wigs and gowns. Ridiculous. What do you know about wigs and gowns? <laughs> well, you know a little something because you've been doing costume design. You know, uh, been wearing wigs and gowns for years myself, but that's my personal. There you go. All right. Well, Lily Gladstone. I mean, she's been on a roll. Does she keep it going? We don't. We don't know. I'm shocked. She's not. She's not even in Feinberg's top two. Yeah, she's number three. Annette Benning was Feinberg's one, though. He was. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he was going along the tradition that the overdue actress with a bravura performance, and it was, even though. Some people don't. She'll, well, here's, a, here's what we for realize. Oscar Sunday. Critics do not think swimming is acting. There you go. Swimming's not acting, according to critics. It is according to whatever the HFPA's replacement is, and it's not according to critics. That's what we learned. Yeah. After all this babbling, swimming is not know. acting for critics. All right. Best actor, Michael. Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo is here for Rustin, Paul Giamatti of The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright of American Fiction. This... This feels chalky. This was relatively chalky, but Barry Keoghan missing, Andrew Scott missing. Those were those were two performances I thought might have shown up here. But uh, th- this does make sense in terms of our rankings and our view of the category. We've been talking about those six having kind of this bloodbath uh, and fight to the death to get into the Oscars five. Nicolas Cage, Timothy Chalamet, Matt Damon, and Joaquin Phoenix were the other four globe misses. Otherwise, Franz Rogowski... Of passages, Koji Yakusho, uh, Christian Friedel, Adam Driver, Gael Garcia Bernal, Teo Yu, Rest My Heart, and Michael Fassbender uh, there of The Killer. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this seems chalk, chalky, and this makes sense. And the, the, the crossover noms of the last 50 or, or 55 times, but 13 years, 55 out of 65 for an 84.6% crossover stat there, Michael. So if you're nominated a Critics' Choice 85% of the time, you end up nominated at the Oscars. I'm surprised Napoleon hasn't had a day with any of the voting bodies. I mean, I'm happy. I guess that's progress. But I would have thought one of these old men bodies <laughs> still would just cling to either that or Ferrari. Wouldn't it have needed to show up at, like, NBR? Didn't we, didn't we say this? Is NBR the new old fogey Is it? Central? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't know, because they voted Sandler for Best Actor a couple years they ago. Old fogies aren't going to do that. Good point. Yeah. He does charm a room, though. Oh, he's the man, yes. <laughs> but we're also squarely in that demographic. <laughs> Do we think SAG will go any different direction? Like, would SAG go for Barry Keoghan, Andrew Scott? I don't know. I could see. I could see. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like a, another six or seven, maybe eight name deep category. I am... Very worried about Coleman Domingo. It's got to go down to five in some way. We think Cooper is safe. We think Murphy is safe. After that... Jeffrey Wright's probably safe. No, you don't think so? I I don't know. I haven't seen him yet. I got to see him. 
I got to see American Fiction soon. I, I mean, I obviously haven't seen it yet either, but just the way he's been treated in the run-up here. Mm-hmm. Like, he's even shown up at the something like the Gothams or the Spirits when American Fiction didn't do as well. Yeah. But who knows? Those are <laughs> those are five-person juries. Or Gothams are five-person juries. And that, is, I mean, it really is a hell of a Leo performance in Flower Moon there. I know you're, you hate his character and you don't, but, I mean, he... Well, we've seen characters that awful just turn people off in the past. Yes, know. absolutely, especially in the lead categories. Especially in the lead categories. We could uh, focus on the not-so-lead categories. We'll talk about Best Supporting Actress now. Uh, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer is here. Daniel Brooks of The Color Purple, we talked about, made the cut here for the nomination. American Ferreira. American Ferreira? No, America Ferreira of Barbie. Uh, is nice to see her name pop up here. Jodie Foster for Nyad. Julianne Moore for May, December. Divine Joy Randolph of The Holdovers. Yeah, so Jodie Foster's here. Annette Benning was not. That is surprising. In terms of a crossover stat. It's proper, Mike. It's, it's proper. 54 out of 65 for an 83%. These are high crossover stats. Obviously, it helps mm-hmm. that the more nominees here. But sure. in terms of the winners, 19 of the last 28. 13 of the last 15, including a Kate Winslet technicality, but 67.8% overall in the 28, uh, 28 years. But, uh, you know, up till now, this is the 29th Critics' Choice. Big misses for Rosamund Pike of Saltburn, uh, Rachel McAdams, Taraji P. Henson. And then, and look, we, we thought about a deep field in supporting actress. Has that deep field shrunk to you? Because this yeah. could have went... This could have went to Viola Davis, Penelope Cruz, three actresses from American Fiction, Erica Alexander, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, Juliette Binoche, Still My Heart, Claire Foy, Patricia Clarkson, Anne Hathaway. Obviously, this one goes deep along the forecast there, but uh, yeah, man, this is this is starting to take shape. Who's sixth in this category, if you had to guess? Based on the Globes, it's America Ferreira? Globes end this crossover? Yeah, I would say either her or... I, I, who would be your second guess? I think Divide Joy Randolph is in. I think so, too. I think... I, that's, that's a good question. I mean, Emily Blunt should be in again. I think she's going to be in even if it's just a show of strength for Oppenheimer. She's been so overdue. Yeah. It's The, the, the next most vulnerable might be... It might be Julianne Moore and Jodie Foster. Because what's the imperative? To, you don't to think give Danielle them? Brooks? You're, you're that confident? In I don't know. Brooks I think uh, I think she's shown up like here. Yes. This is a show of strength, and she showed up at the Globes, uh, w- w- which was a five-person category. Or no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it was six. It was six, obviously, uh, because Rosamund Pike was there. But I keep forgetting Globes went six per. This yeah, year. that's right. I forgot that too. Yeah, but that was that was a strong showing. Apparently, you know, people love her on the stages. I'm watching again. I'm wa- every night. I'm watching people. Just love this cast of the color purple at these uh, screenings. That's so bizarre that the way that movie's being treated. Is she in if the Oprah popular, role? I forget if she's in the Oprah role or not. I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. But if that's that popular, then you would think there'd be more success for it because of how important the story is. But if the color purple does Bafo Bobo at the box office, we're looking at we're looking at a late season late breaker boost potential for the color purple there was just the uh the cover story i think it was on the hollywood reporter or it was a variety it was the uh the big cover story this uh this latest issue so 
There's expectations for it, certainly. We still again, can have right. a late breaker, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the color purple. It could be the Iron Claw. You know, yeah, be, which which I was just thinking about that, which is showing up nowhere. Showing up nowhere. Yeah, bizarre. So uh, supporting actor is where we'll go next. Nothing from the Iron Claw here, but Sterling K. Brown of American Fiction, Robert De Niro of Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. of Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling of Barbie, big year in supporting actors for our names, Charles Melton of May, December, and Mark Ruffalo of Poor Things. So essentially Sterling K. Brown is in here for Willem Dafoe based on the Globes to mm-hmm. Choice switcheroo there. Uh, the, missing both is Jesse Plemons, Paul Mescal, Glenn Howard, and Chris Messina, Dominic Sessa, Ben Wishaw, John Magaro, and Coleman Domingo. Look, we've we've we haven't seen a as strong a crossover here. Fifty three out of the sixty five. That's got to be whatever less than eighty four percent. I didn't do the math, but eleven out of the last thirteen winners uh, choice to yeah. Oscar. But we've had some sweepers. I was going to say, supporting is also usually where you get the, uh, or not usually, but it does happen where the sweeps happen, and there's just a, a no-doubter that runs through award season. I mean, Kiwi Kwan is mm-hmm. very emblematic of that. Um, this is another, I mean, we, we thought this might be a hugely deep category, and it seems like it's shriveled up to like maybe six or seven names. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think, I think some of these movies are just too big to ignore coattail potential and then Char- charles melton made such a splash yeah so, uh, he's he's uh i would feel safe about him I, I think this there's there's one spot open right now for nomination do you think that spot is coming down to sterling k brown and charles melton with willem dafoe i mean is that the simple i think melton's answer? in i think de niro downey gosling and melton are nominations are oh you think ruffalo's uh well it could be a vote sharing thing yeah it could be a, a cannibalization thing with defoe. defoe yeah He's pretty good. He's been there before. I mean, he needs a win, but... Or does he need... Yeah, he needs a win, I believe. Anyway, uh, I do think... Uh, I do think uh, the critics are... are doing it to chalk. kids! <laughs> we fine. let it happen! Yeah, look, I would have loved Glenn Howard in to show up somewhere else. Oh, I of mean, course. I'm glad he showed up at the Indie Spirits and the Gothams, but yeah, I was I was rooting for more for him. John Magaro too would have been nice to see him get a breakthrough. No. I understand how that doesn't happen though. Yeah. Because... I don't understand how that doesn't happen and Charles Melton does, but whatever. <laughs> sure. I'm not same, I'm not gonna just not gonna same type I've of already course. dug myself enough of a hole with Anatomy of a Fall and Killers of the Flower Moon with you. Uh but we can talk about uh ensemble for a second. Air, Barbie, the color purple, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, and Oppenheimer are the choice ensemble nominations. Yeah, makes some sense. I'm I'm, I'm trying this, I didn't this makes me feel good, this category. Yeah, I, I I think precursors should have these categories, and I love best young actor and actress. Abby Ryder Fortson of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. She's tremendous. Ariana Green, Green Greenblatt. She's been in a bunch of stuff growing up, and she's stealing the movie with her mom character, America Ferrera and Barbie. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Kayla Lane and Wonka. Milo Machado Grenier of Anatomy of a Fall. He's terrific. Dominic Sessa does get some love here. It's kind of his debut, even though he's a little older. He's 22 from the holdovers. Uh, and then Madeleine Yuna Voiles of The Creator. She's she's great. Uh, she's great in that in a very difficult role to play. Uh, my only misses, and I don't even know if they're eligible, Lola Campbell, uh, Zoe Ziegler, Charlotte DeBrun, 
I, I don't know if they were eligible. I, the two young actors in Asteroid City were very good. Ar- Aristo mm-hmm. Meehan and mm-hmm. Jake Ryan. I thought they were terrific. Sophia Lillis, she's so established from the It movies for, for so True. long. D- does she get in here? But, I mean, she's young. What about the like, two daughters from May, December? I would like to see them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. But um, smaller roles. These were larger right. roles. Uh, that seems like Cessa's category. If I had to, oh, you, you think know, so? Go ahead and just pick right now. No, you don't. I wonder if Abby Ryder Fortson can take it. I do. Obviously, if you're looking at the most seen movie, and Ariana Greenblatt's got enough scenes. That's it. This is a fun category. I yeah, always love this one. It is me too. Uh, best score. Your mortal enemy and the guy you hate, the person you hate most in this world, Jerskin Fabrics <laughs> of poor things. Jerskin! <laughs> Michael Giacchino! For Society of the Snow. Oh, good. Ludwig Gorenson of Oppenheimer, Daniel, Pember- Daniel Pemberton, excuse me, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Robbie Robertson of Killers of the Flower Moon, Mark Ronson, and Andrew Wyatt of Barbie. So, based on the Golden Globes, choice, mix, substitute, uh, Society in this, of the Snow, and Barbie for... The Boy and the Heron and The Zone of Interest. So those two are not here, but Society of the Snow is high on a lot of lists. He's, it's high on Clayton's list. Barbie, obviously, high on a lot of lists. I wonder if the song Love for Barbie will reduce the score Love for Barbie at the end of the day. Interesting. You think it'll be a category well, cannibalization as opposed to a single category nomination vote split? Potentially, because like yeah. the, Dua Lipa, the Dua Lipa song riff is like, part of the barbie score in a way isn't it sure yeah i mean there's always that that issue we have every year of like you know kind of splitting hairs as to what qualifies as what i mean do you have to be on the soundtrack to be part of the the soundtrack or can you (laughs) is the fact that you're in the movie at all and being the background music to some of the uh some of the scenes and montages as they happen good enough to be scored too yeah it's fun that they went international for society of the snow with michael giacchino but it's it's odd that they didn't go for the boy and the heron at all, even though boy and the heron was gaining momentum. We've seen the Oscar score category go international from parallel mothers down, you know, going way back, obviously. So yeah, it's a little, little odd. I, I mean, in terms of my own snubs, how to blow up a pipeline. I really love that score. Yeah, the killer metal. Yeah. Yep. The killer. I didn't uh, expect to be here. I thought Napoleon had a good score. We both like Past Lives. Mm-hmm. The score for that. Clayton Davis talked about Origin, Saltburn, Elemental, Creator being high on his list. I like the score for C- Cassandro, but it was just a fun little earworm there. I didn't expect it to be here, but yeah, good year for scores. I wonder if we have a front runner. Maybe the Poor Things one. <laughs> Stop it! Just, is that going at me? Because Robbie Robertson <laughs> no, I mean, of I... Killers of the Flower Moon has won a couple thus far. He's won three. Oppenheimer's won two. Oppenheimer would be my guess at the end of the day. But That's Killers... what I think should. But I also haven't seen Poor Things yet, or uh, to experience your disdain. Well, it's the same score from the trailer, so you've experienced the trailer a couple <laughs> times. It's just like the beep bop boop score. <laughs> Just playing instruments in ways that they've never been played before. I just feel like he took instruments and he just threw them against the wall. I want to see you at an EDM concert. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I have, I'm sensitive. My ears are sensitive to weirdness. Best song, uh, mm-hmm. Dance the Night of Barbie. I'm just Ken from Barbie. Peaches of Super Mario Brothers. Road to Freedom for Rustin. This Wish from Wish. And What Was I Made for from Barbie. No Boss. We have Bruce Springsteen's song from She Came to Me, 
the one globe miss. Otherwise, look, I don't care that Diane Warren's <laughs> Flamin' Hot song is not here. Who cares? She's getting nominated at the Oscars anyway. Uh, we have an origin song, Trolls Band Together, the Timberlake song, American Symphony, John Batiste song, Elemental song. I love the Spider-Verse songs. I'll bang the table there. I kind of mm. like the Little Mermaid songs too, but I'm not going to bang the table necessarily for them. The Color Purple has a song. Flora and Son has a few from Bono's uh, daughter there, Eve Hewson. The Hunger Games have a, has an Olivia Rodrigo song that I thought would get in. I would never expect the Dicks, the musical songs, to get in, <laughs> even though they're hysterical. You need to watch that movie uh, eventually, Mike. There, those are fun. That's some funny music. The theater camp songs are funny too. But uh, yeah, I mean this this makes some sense. I, I mean the song category is actually coming into some focus. I would say. Yeah, Barbie's gonna get be there with a couple. Two Bar- Barbie's getting two, right? Are we? Sh- I don't know. Is that? Are, did we make that rule up, or is it a real rule? I don't know. <laughs> it's the same question we had last episode. So Barbie should be at least two, maybe only two, depending on if that's a real rule or not. Uh, it, it's another it seems fence like... we're looking at from a distance, but not sitting. <laughs> it seems like Peaches is, is going to be there now. It has some momentum showing up in these categories. Is so. Peaches really going to get an Oscar nom? But but I, here's the here's the fun thing about Peaches. Regardless, Jack Black needs to get on that Oscar stage oh, yeah. and sing it, right? He opened point. as a surprise, I think, for the Jonas Brothers last weekend in the Bowser regalia and just singing Peaches. Good. I'm in for that. <laughs> I think in Brooklyn it was. So, yeah, uh, he's already off to his Oscars campaigning for it. <laughs> Best foreign language film, Anatomy of a Fall, does show up here. Godzilla Minus One. Nice to see that. Perfect Days, Society of the Snow, The Taste of Things, and The Zone of Interest. You have to be just thrilled with this category. Godzilla minus one being there is fu- is a lot of fun. A taste of things getting in to the two French films getting in is is awesome. Uh, Globe misses. We have Fallen Leaves and Io Capitano, the Italian and Polish films. Uh, otherwise, the Teachers Lounge. I'm sorry, the Finland Finland. Oh my goodness, forgive me. Uh, anyway, the Teachers Lounge, Four Daughters, Twenty Days in Mariupol, and when you you know you're going to ask me, Mike. Do documentaries get nominated here at the Critics' Choice Best Foreign Language Film category? And they have. We we saw Phil uh, Flea or Phil uh, Flea get nominated in 2021. Can I botch this segment anymore? <laughs> Phil Fleed. But look at I think uh, Society of the Snow gaining in esteem. The Teachers' Lounge stocked down on the Teachers' yeah. Lounge right now. It would seem that way. Yeah. Uh, I and just yet again, saw it's another uh, it's another international feature category where Anatomy of a Fall is going to go up against the Zone of Interest, and that has not uh, proven well for the Zone of Interest. I would have I I just saw Monster, and I, I thought maybe that could have showed up here, even though it's not a it's not Japan's selection because Perfect Days is. So I'm very curious to see Perfect Days, the Zone of Interest. I'm curious for, to hear your thoughts on the zone of interest when you do see it. I do want to see you it. Might, yeah, I'm excited for it. I don't know if you should want to. Anybody should want to well, see yeah, it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating watch. The Peasants. You made out during Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, obviously. The Peasants, it's, it's animated over the top. You wonder if that has a chance to be in the fifth animated nom. We'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, man, this category is... Uh, this category is one of my favorites this year. I love the international film selections this year. Uh, the taste of things is... You're just happy the food the food porn is there. Yeah, the food porn's here. Yeah. I got I got what I wanted. Best <laughs> animated film nominees. The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and Wish is the field. So, Suzume is the globe... Oh, Suzume and the... 
the Super Mario Brothers. Those are the globe misses in the choice yes. si- in the choice six. So add Nimona and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is hilarious and yeah, great. Turtles is proper. I like Nimona. It Nimona, I could see making an eye. I, who cares? This is between. I mean, I want to see who wins this category. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know why that's selfish and short-sighted of me, but I'm very excited to see Boy and the Heron up against Spider Verse. Love the animation this year. Uh, I love that. Love this category this year. I mean, just even the distinct levels of in- animation and the styles. Like Wish is very storybook, yeah, of course. Yep. Nimona is very, very cool, very comic booky. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Boy and the Heron uh, Miyazaki is so unique, and then Elementals. Got the Pixar touch, and then Spider Verse is so unique. I, yeah. I love animation this year. I've had a great. It's been a year of animation. We've said it from the beginning with Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, animation is cinema, as you can hear someone bellow out from their cavern <laughs> out there in LA. He's right, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What What do you want to do? You want to keep going with this, banging out, or do you want to? It's forty four minutes. Wow, we've been efficient. So we're obviously going to go fourteen minutes on cinematography, and then we're going to have to go an hour and a half today. Ah, oh, no, let's just keep going and try to wrap this up. Uh, we're nearing the end here anyway. Cinematography, there were six people nominated. We'll move on to the next cut. No. Cinematography, Matthew Libelique for Maestro, Rodrigo Prieto for Barbie, Mar- Rodrigo Prieto for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robbie Ryan of Poor Things, Linus Sandgren of Saltburn, and Hoyt Van Hoytema for Oppenheimer. I wish I did the stats on the double nominees in cinematography, yeah. but yeah, Rodrigo Prieto. Probably going to get Oscar nominated this year, as he should. <laughs> uh, misses the Zone of Interest, Society of the Snow, Ferrari, Napoleon, Past Lives, May, December, The Taste of Things, All of Us Strangers, Color Purple, etc. But yeah, I mean, this this list uh, makes some sense in terms of what we've been seeing. The fisheye lenses are beloved here, but Poor Things had a great day. This is where Saltburn's love comes in, and it does make some sense. Even though I was a bit underwhelmed by the cinematography of Saltburn when I did finally see it. I if you're know. not going to nominate Oppenheimer for VFX at the Academy level, it better win cinematography. Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and I, I want to say Barbie should be, you know, shoo-ins. Maestro, maybe? Yeah, I, I wonder if this is between the fisheye... People not poor things, you don't think? In the non, yeah, I mean, maybe the fisheye people are are in it. They yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, remains to be seen. I'm just, I'm still not over that Oppenheimer VFX long list snub. Uh, mm. Best film editing: William Goldenberg for Air, Nick Hoy for Barbie, Jennifer Lane for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Mavropsidris. Oh, I every time that name comes up, I know I I don't do well with it. Mavropsidris. That's my right. guess. Either one. Poor things there. Uh, Thelma Schoonmaker for Kills of the Flower Moon. <laughs> and Michelle Tesoro for Maestro. Anatomy of a Fall is my big miss here. Um, but very bummed about that. I thought the editing was great. Uh, American Fiction, Past Lives, Ferrari, The Zone of Interest, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse should be getting more editing love, even though that would, have been a, that would be a great nom at the end of the day at the Oscars that I'm not expecting. Mission Impossible, also well edited, certainly, uh, as an action film. The Color Purple. We've seen musicals get in here before, but, I mean, Air is righteous and good. That should be here. That was such a yeah. well-edited movie. Very I smooth. Understand that. Very, clean Very watch. smooth. Love that eighties music. They, I, they almost maker. I'm sure you agree with. They almost edited to the beat in, in air. <laughs> well, it's a slow pace. Killers of the Flower Moon. That is slow paced. Mm-hmm. Thelma she took her time. Uh, Oppenheimer <laughs> no, is going to win. Do we just know Oppenheimer is going to win or no? I mean, it's won two critics awards thus far. I would give Oppenheimer every technical award. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, it's still the best movie of the year for me and my money. I mean, Barbie is the only one in the conversation. I, I gave Flower Moon an A minus 90, but I think those two are above it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Maestro did well for itself with its showing in, its, in the technical categories as my, well. Here, Maestro's another smooth, another smooth pick. I like yeah. I like the editing there. Costume design, Jacqueline Duran for Barbie, Lindy Hemming for Wonka, Francine Jameson, Ted Tanchuk of The Color Purple, Holly Waddington for Poor Things, Jacqueline West for Killers of the Flower Moon, Janty Yates, and David Crossman for Napoleon. So Oppenheimer, Priscilla, Maestro, Little Mermaid, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, uh, misses off of the Feinberg forecast. Well, I mean, what are the costumes in Oppenheimer? A lot of suits. 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 <laughs> no, men's suits. warehouse. It's period accurate suits. Yeah, sure. Anyway, I, I could see that missing. I'm not going to gripe sense. with that. Yeah, I'm not going to gripe with that missing. Makes sense. Uh, Priscilla, I, I, you could have a gripe with, certainly missing. Yeah, the Priscilla costumes were fantastic, yeah, weren't they? they were. Yeah. Anyway, Barbie's probably winning this category. It's It's... It has to. I don't know. Poor things. Poor things has got some love. That I might be know. steampunk, and that might matter. To <laughs> One of the eternal questions for Mike. Mike is Oscar. it steampunk? Is this steampunk? Is swimming acting? Is it steampunk? <laughs> and what is TikTok? <laughs> what is TikTok? Like those are timeless questions. The eternal. The eternal questions. Barbie. Look, Barbie was made if for no other reason than to win the costume design category. Mm-hmm. And, and have a blueprint as to how a movie should win a costume design category. I love the, the costumes in Barbie. I it's love worked how they into them. the plot. It's so good. It's so good. Barbie's got to uh, win. Jacqueline yeah. Duran's is, you know. Unbelievable. Always here. Yeah. Production design is where we'll go next. Susie Davies and Charlotte Durkix for Saltburn. Ruth DeJong, Claire Kaufman for Oppenheimer. Jack Fisk and Adam Willis of Killers of the Flower Moon. Sarah Greenwood, Katie Spencer of Barbie. James Price, Shona Heath, Susanna Mihalik for Poor Things. Adam Stockhausen, Chris Moran for Asteroid City. Just like we predicted, Mike, the exact five that we had hey, at the you know what? of the year. Look it. We had Dune in here forever. Obviously, Dune came yep. off the board. But Asteroid City... Barbie, Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, yeah. and I believe Poor Things. We just we, well we just for ourselves. by accident we predicted six, and we had Napoleon. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think we should be proud of ourselves. That's just because we can't count to five. We're here in December, and we're almost kind of right. <laughs> we're most we're mostly right. I would yeah. say we're right. That's, I mean that's that's, yeah. that's close enough. We're right. That's basically a hundred percent, which is all you could ask for. I us. feel vindicated because <laughs> Asteroid City is here, but Asteroid City and we will never design. speak of this category again. That's right. We better not. Uh, <laughs> worth mentioning, there is that weird parallel between the Critics Choice Production Design winner and the uh, eventual Academy Production Design winner. Yeah, somebody told me about that at some point <laughs> in my life. Although I think it was broken last year, right? Because didn't Critics Choice go Babylon? I don't remember. You're, I don't remember either. You should yeah. remember that. It is one of my obsessions. I don't know why. I do get obsessed about weird things when it comes to award season. I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. Yeah, Babylon won, and Babylon didn't win the Oscar. I'm forgetting who won Wasn't the Oscar. Wasn't it All Quiet? All Quiet would make some sense. All Quiet remember. did not do well. I mean, that should have been a... If we were looking closely at this, uh, and we should have known that the uh, international films don't do as well at the Critics' Choice. Yeah. It's true. Although I don't know if all quiet one production design last year, so I can't, I, can't, I can't. I can't find it that fast. Enough. Production design. Uh, I'll just start singing and dancing. Oscars Wikipedia. This is my life. This is. <laughs> now you think I would have this like bookmarked? You think I would have the Oscars bookmarked? 
on Wikipedia. Yeah, it was all quiet on the Western Front. Good, uh, good, I, good poll. Good memory by me. Yeah, I for do once. Have certain obsessions. Yeah, <laughs> best hair and makeup. Barbie, the color purple. Maestro Oppenheimer. Poor things and Priscilla. Priscilla had to be here. I get this six. I really do. Killers of the Flower Moon uh, is probably the big snub. Guardians 3, Nyad, Rustin, they're all high on, on Fireman. Nyad is legitimate gripe. I mean, if you're not going to have... Uh, uh, I almost called her Emma Thompson again. If you're not going to have Annette Benning, mm-hmm. then I guess, yeah, it makes sense that makeup is a, is a miss, but that movie is heavily reliant on its makeup. Annette Benning's going to meet you and just punch you in the face. <laughs> I love Annette Benning. I like her a lot. I just did not like that movie. <laughs> Barbie, as, in terms of the hair and makeup, are tremendous. But here's where this is. This category is super competitive. I think best hair and makeup at the Oscars because Maestro, you got the, I mean, you got unique level body suits there because mm-hmm. it's it's old guy stuff. Even though he's, I mean, he's dancing at a rave in the giant testicle outfit <laughs> at the end of that movie. Uh-huh. I have no idea what you're referring to. He is very, he is very young and vibrant. You have Leonard Bernstein dancing at a rave, looking like a giant testicle, (laughs) smoking cigarettes. All right, good. So it's just odd. It's just an odd way. Like you'd think he'd they'd let him be an old guy and you'd just be waddling around, but no, he's dancing at a rave, like like a giant testicle man. Everybody needs a hobby, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Poor things got great makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Priscilla, Priscilla should. We, we were banging the table for Priscilla to win this category yeah. a couple weeks ago. Like this is super competitive. Color yeah. purple we haven't seen yet. Oppenheimer, uh, Oppenheimer, and Killers of the Flower Moon. Maybe that's the cutoff, and we're going to test who has the better coattails at the Oscars level, perhaps. Well, Killers of the Flower Moon at least had a lot of a lot of uh, native head like uh, hairstyles that they had to. Oh, yeah. Put effort into, so. Oppenheimer. Plus Leonardo DiCaprio. Unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Totally unrecognizable. What did Oppenheimer have for hair? They aged him up quickly at the end of the movie, remember? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, Oppenheimer (laughs) may not be long for this Mua world. Yeah. That could go back and forth with Killers of the Flower Moon. That's right. Uh, best visual effects as we come down to the last uh, two categories here. The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I usually agree with the Critics' Choice Best Visual Effects category, and I, I, I like this here. I really do. Um, Rebel Moon's effects look pretty good, if you like cartoons. <laughs> uh, no, I th- they look pretty. I, that's just a it, why. Why is Rebel Moon catching a stray for no reason? <laughs> for no reason. Just because Zack Snyder's burned me the last few times. Anyway, Society of the Snow, they do look good in the trailer. Transformers, stop it. Indy 5. Indy 5 look good. Wonka, okay. I don't know. They're hit and miss in the trailer. Those are the snubs. Godzilla minus one actually sure. won something on the scoreboard. I forgot. I should have wrote it down. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 had great effects. That was one of the few Marvel success stories in terms mm-hmm. of the effects this year. Uh, but then again, you know what? I, I'm Now I'm thinking back, because at the end of the movie, the space fight, some of those effects were terrible. Remember the mm-hmm. remember the bridge scene? Awful. I got mad at them. Anyway, Dead Reckoning Part 1 fooled me. Yeah, nice to see that here. Nice to see Oppenheimer make an appearance here. Oppenheimer is not eligible. Obviously, that's the right. elephant in the right. room right now. 
that we forgot to mention, even though we led the last show with it or two shows ago. I've talked about it a couple times already. This this episode, Michael. Earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried. I tried to. I tried to zone you out. <laughs> Best, best comedy is where we will land on and end here. American fiction, Barbie, bottoms the holdovers, no hard feelings, and poor things. And a lot of other, yeah, did you just read a category? I don't remember. <laughs> a lot of other shows, the repartee is the whole show, but, but and not for us. You know, we, just, we try to avoid repartee. Just read our sides of the document. No, but I, I love this category. I think they got it mostly right, even though Guardians 3, and, and Guardians 3 is funny, but it's also very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is very funny. Mm-hmm. Rye Lane was not that funny, but it's a little funny in rom coms. Anyway, Asteroid City was funny. No yeah. hard, but it had no hard feelings was kind of funny when you watched it at the end of the day, right? Didn't you just say mm-hmm. that last episode? No hard feelings. Yeah, no hard feelings. I listened bad. to you when you yeah. said no hard feelings was funny. <laughs> I laughed at it too. Here's the problem with no hard feelings: the last half hour is the unfunniest, stupid, real life sobering. Yeah nonsense right. i right. hated it i'm glad may december's not here <laughs> no hard feelings had a terrible well joyride's probably the other obvious movie mm. here. Yeah, joy, joyride yeah. was funny yeah dicks the musical was funny but they're not going for dicks the musical these What's are critics with barbie? jobs on the line <laughs> yeah Bar- barbie doesn't <laughs> win this with category. jobs jerry <laughs> but, I mean, who knows maybe poor things has a day but you got major best picture contenders in this category. You got yeah. Poor Things, The Holdovers, Barbie, American Fiction, even though Bottoms was easily the funniest movie of the year. Yeah, right? by far. We <laughs> laugh like give, dopes. Give him every award, yeah. Despite <laughs> despite the internet disagreeing with us, or at least half the, <laughs> the man internet disagreeing with us about Bottoms, I guess. Well, they're dumb. Yeah, let's just take that tact. <laughs> I've been begging you for years to take that tact. <laughs> Bottoms, I rewatched it four times. I've laughed like an idiot every time. Four times? Yes, because wow. I'll put it on. I'll just want, I just want to laugh. Wow, good for you. Love it. Uh, there you go. That is your rundown of the Critics' Choice for the 2024 edition of the show. As always, dear listener, what matters most to us are your uh, thoughts, comments, questions, and concerns. What did you think about these nominees? Who do you think got snubbed? Where would, what do you think are going to end up winning these categories? Let us know all that as well as anything else you have to say about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram. MM and Oscar on X. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do here podcast and if you listen to us on either the apple podcast or spotify app if you appreciate what we do here if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review those help us out immensely thank you to everyone who has done so thus far michael tell the good people what's coming next from us and let's have some words of wisdom to end on well it's wise to ask you this question to end because Mm -hmm. i'm very curious to hear your answer about what you think was the better set of knobs the golden globes or the critics choice this year which Mm -hmm. ones did you personally like more I always like, I mean, it's it's a loaded question because I always like the Critics' Choice noms more just because there's more categories I like. And like we said here, I, I, I wish there was more of those that crossed over with the Oscars and that the Oscars had as well. Yes, I, so, I agree with you. I like the Critics' Choice categories yeah, by more. Large, However, say that. the nominations, I might have liked the, the, the Golden The nominations Globes themselves, the Golden Globes might have gotten right for a change. I like the international you know, slant to the Golden Globes. Yeah. It's not too late for them to go with Bohemian Rhapsody over everything because of a yacht party <laughs> that Brian May hosts, though. So. <laughs> Who would have thrown the yacht party this year? 
It's good. That's the question we need to ask. I mean, Ridley Scott would have thrown the yacht party. Michael Mann. Yeah, my, Michael Mann. I, well, Michael Mann may have ditched the yacht, though, according to what Adam Driver said at the uh, Gotham's. Bono, Bono would have thrown the yacht party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he above that, though? I don't know. No, no, I just want to no. backhand compliment as many people as possible <laughs> at the end of this, these episodes. I don't think this is a compliment yeah, I don't know. whatsoever. Just, well, <laughs> I tried to. I'll I, tell you who wouldn't have thrown it was Christopher Nolan. He don't give a shit. I love that quote of him. What about Oppenheimer too? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't see that. I, I retweeted it. It's so funny. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's coming next. I know the end of next week. The end. Maybe we'll do two later episodes next week. As my friend That's has a, so good. My friend blows a funny fuse. <laughs> Maybe we'll do Maestro and Poor Things at the end of next week, even though we've reviewed them on the show before. But uh, maybe film studies on those two movies. Otherwise, we got the shortlist. We got the Oscar shortlist, and and hey, we hit all the categories today. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you got. We're all more prepared for the Oscar shortlist this time around. Maybe we do this every year, Michael. And we hit every single Critics' Choice category on the film side. Proud of us. What, a, what about Oppenheimer too? What are you talking? <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> oh, what a hero. Yes. That's a guy. That we do this show for him. <laughs> We've that's always we been fans of him. That's award what, show for that's where that us attitude. And the bros unite. Yes. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Yes. Yeah, we are, what what comes next will remain to be seen, like also Mike just told you. But as always, dear listener, when reality sucks, you can ask about Oppenheimer 2 with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.